Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Hello, and welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I am your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we are talking all about ways to increase your influence. The specific title, three ways to increase your your influence. But what I can promise you is we'll cover a lot of ground today and we'll probably talk about way more than three. So don't get attached to that number. So increasing your influence. You know, this is such an interesting topic to me because it's not something that I really even think about. I think if you go talk to a lot of people that really have a lot of influence, they don't think of it as something like, wow, I have a lot of influence. It's not something you can take to the bank. It's the influence isn't, isn't necessarily a currency, but yet it's one of the most important things you can create. So it's not something that you can do. It's something that you can create in your life. That distinction is really important where influence is not something that you can do. There's no amount of doing that garners you more influence. It's not a, a, product. It's not something that you can just go purchase at a store. It's actually something that a way of being that you possess creates influence. Okay. So influence is the result of a series of ways of being. Influence is the result of a series of way of being. So a lot of people think, well, I'll just do influence. Like I'll do these things and it will create influence, but that's just not how it works. Okay. So today we're going to dig into how it actually works. So influence and quite simply, what does influence really mean? Influence is really defined as you having the the power to uh, really create an impact in those around you. Influence is the measure of your ripple, okay? The measure of your ripple. Again, these are all like jargon words. So what is a ripple? A ripple would say that when I create a message, when, when words come out of my mouth, how far do those words travel? without me actually saying them again. So this radio show, for example, or TV show, depending on how you're watching it, or podcast, there's lots of different ways. You know, that's a perfect example. This is me, Kathleen Reeson, standing in front of a microphone speaking. Okay, now it's going to go out on a radio show, a TV show, and a podcast. So it'll have three different mechanisms from there and online. So let's just say four different mechanisms. And people can, can consume this words that are coming out of my mouth in any one of those areas. And then they may want to share it with their friends, or there are sound bites that come from here. Sound bites being little pieces of content that could appear in social media, or we could decide that I'm going to create a video of different clips from the shows. And so that could be another piece of content that could then be carried out in a lot of different ways. So all of a sudden, now I have one word that's coming out of my mouth or a series of words that are coming out of my mouth that can land in many, many places and affect many people. So if I, if I record one show and let's say 10,000 people watch it, that'd be awesome. 10,000 people listen, 10,000 people hear it. In some iteration, my ripple is 10,000 people. So because I stood one time and words came out of my mouth, it impacted 10,000 people. So the greater that that ripple is, the greater the people that you can impact based on one action, that means the greater influence that you have, okay? So a lot of people will say, I want more influence, yay! Like it's something that you can do to create it. But again, it's not something that you do. So let's start with how you actually create influence, okay? How you create influence. And so number one, Influence is really about connection. Maybe you've heard this. I have a mentor who says this all the time. 
Connection is currency. Connection is currency. And it, it totally is. And I say that because your network, the network of people around you, think about a spider web, same thing as a network, a spider web that starts within the center and then it goes outward. Okay, your network, the people around you are really important to, to how you live your life, to where your influence is. Okay, so maybe you've heard, I know I've talked about on the show that the five people around you are indicative of who you are and where you're going, because the five people that are closest to you, two of them will represent your past, two of them will represent your future, and one of them will represent exactly where you are. So just think about that. Who are the five people around you? That's the beginning of your core network. Okay, so, I mean, I live with, with my family. We have five people, so I have my husband and my three kids. Is that my, my five people? Well, not really, because we're going to look a little beyond that. I would consider my husband one of them because my husband is somebody that not just is my husband, but also somebody that I work with in a lot of different capacities through work and partnerships and relationships. So I would absolutely count him in one of my five. And could I count, uh, I, have, I have really great friends that I hold close to me that I really value what they say. I, I would count them in there. And so if you have a business partner, think about the five people that are around you. And so connection, who you're connected to is really important. And then the next level. So early in my career, one of the things that I did was I really spent a lot of time at networking events. So at uh, business meetings that really were just to go meet people. And I spent a lot of time, not because I needed something, but because I just wanted to get. So early in my, when I started out in my career, because I have the, probably the weirdest career path of anybody. And it makes no sense if you look at it individually, but if you look at it from a bigger picture perspective, it totally makes sense. But when I got out of school, I was a certified public accountant with KPMG. And in my first year at KPMG, I knew I wanted to go into advertising. I really just went in at KPMG to get my CPA license and understand how businesses really worked. I mean, where else at a 22 year old, can you walk into the CEO of a fortune 100 company, CEO of the, the, the Fortune 100 company and say, how does your business run? I mean, it was such a great experience to learn from the, the ground up. And the beautiful piece about this, I thought somebody else had the answer and I was just going to figure out the answer. I mean, since the world of auditing at that time. And what I realized was, no, I'm really in curiosity to figure out these answers, these, these questions to these questions I had. So anyway, I spent a lot of time really just being curious about companies. And so I met a lot of people that ran businesses. And then I had a friend call me up and she was, she's in advertising. And she said, Hey, uh, she was running on a local board. So American advertising federation, she says, will you come serve on the board? And was not in the advertising industry at the time, but I knew that's where I wanted to go. I said, yeah, sure. So I hopped on the board and I served on it. I just gave a ton. It didn't make sense to anybody else, but it was okay. But I probably spent I don't know, 5% of my time at this board, just running uh, different things that were going on with this board, being in the meetings, being present. And I was working a ton, but I felt like really this was going to set me up for long-term success. And I met so many people that were in the industry. So then when it came time where I knew I wanted to go into advertising and I left uh, KPMG, it was very easy for me to pick up the phone and talk to a bunch of people about where I was headed. And I said, Hey, I call them up and say, you got anything available? Uh, this is what I'm thinking. And, and so these people, they were, they were friends of mine. They really wanted to support me. And so it was beautiful when I just stepped into my next role. It wasn't, wasn't a lot of work to it. It was just putting the feelers out there and saying, 
hey, I'm, this is where I'm looking to go next. Could you support me? And people showed up, stepped up and were really willing to support me in that area. And so that is what it means to have that influence when you've got a web that's all around you. And then I worked in advertising for a few years and I decided I was going to start my own business. And so I used that same web again. And this time it, I really spent a lot of time just meeting a really random people, like people that I was really, just, I was just curious. I really love people and I want to learn what they're up to. And so there was no agenda when I met people. And then when I was going to start my business, my first advertising agency, I, I just put it out there. Hey, I'm starting this advertising agency. And people showed up to support because I put it out into my network. And so when you have influence, when you're truly connected to people, they want to serve you. You want to, you want to serve them. And so there's a lot of value in just being curious about people, being connected. And when you're in a connected conversation with somebody, it is not surface level. So we all know, we all know what surface level conversations are. They would be, hi, how are you? How's the weather? Uh, how's work? How are the kids? Like very basic level conversations. This is where most of the conversations happen ever. We never go deeper. And yet there's so many layers underneath it. So many layers underneath it. And, and when you're willing to go underneath, when you're really willing to get in the emotional space of a conversation, people remember you. People remember you. And so that's the trick. When you get into a connected conversation, if you want to create this level of influence, you get to care about somebody else at that deeper level, which means you're going to ask a lot of questions and just be curious about their vision, about what they really want in life, about what their struggles are, about what their challenges are, about what their dreams are, about where they want to go, about what they want for their next job or their next business or where, who you can introduce them to. Last week, I was on a phone call. I met with this person. Not once did the person ask me any questions. It was a hundred percent about this other person. And I spent 30 minutes with this person. And at the end of it, I connected this person to two other people. Okay. So use, I utilized my network to support this other person in growing. Never once did this person ever say, Kathleen, how are you? Kathleen, what are you up to? How can I support you? Never once. And it's okay. It's beautiful because guess what? I get to put that out into the world. And was, did there used to be a time in my life that I'd say, don't they care? And I, I'd make that about me. Uh, and and, and to be honest, I have that moment. I, I'm telling does that ever come up for me now? Sure. Uh, and I moved through that pretty quickly and say, no, no, I'm putting this out into the world. I get to support other people and serve them and it will come back in some way to support me, but I don't know what that's going to look like. And so really, really being connected and having those deep conversations is what's critical to the growth of your influence and the growth of your network. So think about this last year with COVID, a lot of the networking events got cut down. It just didn't exist. Some switched to virtual and they were sort of attended uh, conferences, ended up going online. But in the beginning for the first like, six months, you know, a lot of stuff really just kind of died. Uh, and, and then we saw it start to come back last fall. And now we're seeing the period where people are tiptoeing back into in-person networking events, but you know, really maintaining distance, that kind of stuff. So one of the things that I did at the beginning of the year really was cognizant about getting back in touch with people. And so I, I do a lot of teas. I don't drink coffee, but I, I drink a lot of tea. And so I'll just send somebody a note that I haven't talked to for a long time, or maybe I don't even know them. Uh, but let's just say I, I, I met them at some point 
but I haven't talked with them, I'll just send them a note and say, Hey, I was thinking about you. It's been a really long time since we've connected. Would you have 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is to connect so that we can, I can figure out what you're up to in your life and how I can support you. It's totally about the other person. And usually, so I did that in, in January, I really spent a lot of time focused on that. And a lot of what I found was that a lot of people hadn't had that experience. They really, they, they've been cutting back on their teas or their coffees, <laughs> their coffee dates. Uh, and they were craving that. I had more people say to me, <laughs> it felt like coming home when I got your email. And I forget, I, I think I just sent an email. I didn't really understand the importance of that. Uh, because that's just what I do. I, of course I send an email, but you think about the way that our world has worked for the last year, what we've created, there hasn't been as much intentional connection. There hasn't been as much intentional period, <laughs> as much intentional. We've had a lot of things that uh, took us away from that, that diverted our attention. You know, as a mom, our, our children, uh, lots of stuff that has come up. And so to, to reach out to somebody just to say, hi, I've been thinking about you. How can I support you? That goes a long way. And I know that makes a, when somebody does that for me, I feel like, wow, they see me, they see me. And so that, yeah, that's my invitation today that I'm going to issue you a challenge <laughs> see if you accept is think about five people that you just say, I'm going to think about five people, get a piece of paper out the first five people that come to mind, reach out to them and just say, you are on my heart. And I'd like to connect with you. Could we hop on a Zoom? If, there, if there's a way that you can meet them in person and you're comfortable with that, do that. But really just reach out to them because creating that connection is so important and rekindling that. That's something that I really believe is going to support us as we reintegrate back into work. A, a lot of businesses are going back online or going back in person right now. And so, so this is really important. And so you get to be the person that leads this and the people around you. And it's just reigniting your network. And if you don't have a network, if you're saying to me, but I don't have one, I would challenge you on that because I absolutely believe that everybody has one, but maybe you want to grow yours. Okay. So just pick five people, pick three people, start there. And you can, even when you're in a conversation, ask them, I want to meet more people. Who else could I invite or could I, could I get connected with? And what you'll find is that connectors want to connect. And so your, your network can keep growing simply by asking, simply by asking. So these are just a few ways that we've covered right now on how you can increase your influence by connection. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we'll continue this conversation. You're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here at Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we will continue with our conversation on three ways to increase your influence after this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reese. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we've been talking all about three and many more ways to increase your influence, three ways to increase your influence. And so what we were talking about before break was really being connected to people and how you grow your network and knowing that you're there to just serve. And I want to dig into that serve a little bit more because a lot of times we think, oh, well, I got to serve in my industry or I've got to serve in something that's right in front of me that makes sense. And the reality is it doesn't matter. Okay. We get to be unattached to what that looks like. So I'm going to give you an example. I was on uh <laughs> We, my husband and I live in a corner. <laughs> so, so we live in Urbanale, Iowa, and we live on this corner and we have this, uh, we live in an association and the a homeowners association and the homeowners association has a, a sign that, that shows the entrance to our homeowner, uh, the association on our lawn. And many, many years ago, when we moved in, the sign actually fell over. The kids were, were really young at the time. And it was not, I was really uncomfortable with all the, the brick and it fell over. And I worked with the association to get the sign at least rebuilt, but it was, uh, it doesn't look the same as everybody else's, but it doesn't matter. It's at least an entrance sign and it's safe with our kids. So great. Uh, and what I didn't realize was that for 10 years, so remember, I'm, a, I'm more of a promoter controller, but I don't really focus on the details as much. So yes, I'm a former CPA, but I don't focus on some of those details. My husband focuses more on details. And so I get this note about a year ago, year and a half, maybe. And it says, Hey, we made some changes to our homeowners association bylaws, and you're now going to be paying dues. And I'm thinking we haven't paid dues for 10 years. It's just not something I keep track of. But I assumed that if they sent us a bill, we paid it. And I asked my husband, he goes, no, you know what? We haven't, we haven't gotten a bill for 10 years. And I think, well, that's interesting. And it's not, it was it's like a hundred dollars. It's not even that much money. So I gladly would pay it. And I'm thinking, do we owe this money? I have no idea where this is going. And they said, we changed the bylaws because people on the end, who, the corners who took care of the signs didn't have to pay dues, but now they do. Like, okay, great. So that's fine. Send me over my bill. So I write, I reply to this email and I say, thanks for letting me know. Just send over the invoice, happy to pay the bill. And I get this note back from the president of the association. And he is thrilled that not only did I respond, but I wasn't mad that he was going to be asking for money. And I said, well, I, why would I be mad about this? So you, and you know, what's coming about a month later, the homeowners association is looking for people to serve on the nominating committee. So I get this knock at my door 
and they say, hey, remember how you were kind in that email? Just being kind opened up this opportunity. I'm laughing about it because you never know what's going to happen. But he says, will you serve on the nominating committee? I said, well, well, what's what's involved in the nominating committee? And he says, oh, you know, it's this, 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 not, not a big deal. Okay, fine. So I step up, I serve on the nominating committee. And then a couple months ago, guess what? I get a phone call, same guy. And he says, hey, would you serve on the board? <laughs> yeah, sure. What? You know, fine. Sign me up. And I have, if you looked at the list of, of things that I'm involved in, it's quite extensive, but that's the thing. The people that have influence, the people that are networked and connected, they have a long list of things. And so a long list of, of, of board responsibilities or committees that they're on or ways that they serve because people that are active in their communities that just serve, they get asked over and over and over again. So you have two distinct groups of people. You have the people that are really involved and I mean, hyper involved and you have the people that aren't. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm really using extremes. So even in the people that aren't, you've got a group in between that are sort of involved that do a thing here or there. But most of the time, when you have this other group, you have people that are, are really doing it because it serves them in some way. Like if I only volunteered at my kid's school, that is great because I'm truly giving to the community, but I'm doing it because I want to better my kid's opportunities. I want to, I'm really doing it for a selfish reason. Uh, and again, this is not me saying that anybody's selfish or I mean, giving of your time and your resources is, is really a, an incredible thing to do. And what I'm saying is really like when you give beyond what is, has anything to do with you, that there's nothing that you're going to receive from it. That's the kind of giving that we're talking about. Okay, so when I serve uh, uh, the community foundation, I'm on the community foundation board, or uh, there are people, let's just think about people that serve in the state house. Now, <laughs> I know there's lots of different thoughts on this too about why people serve, and there could be agendas and all that stuff, but it is an enormous amount of time for a small paycheck. And so when you think about that, there's some kind of altruistic meaning that most people have for the level of service that they give, or the mayor of a town. I just saw the mayor of our town, I was at a pancake. Uh, breakfast, a drive-by pancake breakfast, no less, this weekend. My dad serves on the Lions Club, and I went to go support him and his friends at this pancake breakfast, and the mayor shows up. And so here's all these uh, guys and gals at this pancake breakfast, and then he shows up, and they really appreciated him being there to support. And so all these people that really the commonality is they're volunteers. They really just want to give up their time. And so this pancake breakfast, they're raising money, and it's going to other people in need in the community. So I'm, I serve on the, uh, the community foundation board. And one of the, the most beautiful things about that is I get to see all of the, the organizations that affect our community. And I get to be the conduit to money going to these organizations, which is just a really beautiful place to be in. And I see organizations that are donating, they're, they're collecting and donating winter coats to kids in need. I see organizations that are committed to building playgrounds for kids that can't go on a typical playground that you utilize swings differently. So there are swing sets that are particularly made for wheelchairs or for kids that can't necessarily hop onto the, to the swings. There are swings designed for that. There are all kinds of different equipment. And so this, there's a group that is just in charge of 
playgrounds. And I say just like, it's not that big of a deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And so there are organizations for all kinds of things. There are food pantries. There are little book clubs. Remember the little books? Maybe you guys have those outside your house or in your community, the little libraries. There's the big library. There's all of these organizations that are meant just to serve people. doesn't mean that my family will ever use it. And it's okay because other people will. And so when I'm talking about increasing your influence, it's really about serving in a way that you may never see the ripple and it's okay. It's okay. And so the key to this is to find things that light up your world. Find things that make your heart sing. Because when you're in that space, two things happen. One, one, the first thing that happens is when you, when your heart's singing, when you're playing in that space, you're lit up. So if that's something that's within your industry at work, awesome, do it. But that may have nothing to do with it. And it's okay. Because the second thing is the people that you're going to meet, the commonality that also that makes what makes their hearts sing. Those are your people. Those are the people that you're going to go to battle with. Those are the people that you get to support them in rising to their vision and that they get to support you. And when you guys can share that, that's huge. So think about where you give your time. Okay, you can look at your calendar. You can see how you give your time. You know, I I say over and over on this show, there are two ways that you can tell where you give. It's your time and your money, which is by your calendar and your checkbook. You look there and you know exactly what your priorities are. So when you're talking about serving, really look into what it is that makes your heart sing and go there. And so if it doesn't make sense, why do I care about this? It's okay. The the thing that's coming up for me right now is in the hospice space. What I don't know is, is that because my mom died and so it's, you know, only about five months. And so that's just what's what I'm drawn to. Will I still be drawn to it in a year? And the reality is it doesn't matter if I'm drawn to it in this moment, I could go have a pretty low commitment to be involved there and maybe fill that, that space for me by serving outward. I just finished captaining a leadership team. I talked about it last week and I wore my sweatshirt actually, because I was so excited about this team and what they got to create. And you know what? There is absolutely nothing in that for me. I spent probably 10 to 15% of my time with this program, with these humans. And there's, I don't receive any sort of pay for it, but I do it because it lights me up when I'm around other people who are chasing their dreams, it lights me up. And so that is something that if, if we changed one way, one thing in our life, it's really to figure out what is it that lights us up and just go there and serve. And it's not about the money. It's just so not about the money. It's just about serving because when we're lit up, that's when magical things around us happen. And so it's, it's like, I know that sounds kind of woo woo. Like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but really think about that. Think about that. So there might have been things in your life that have happened where that meant something to you. Like, for example, when my youngest was born and he was in the NICU, I remember going into the children, the family room, and there were meals there. Somebody had made meals. And I thought, how selfless of somebody to leave a meal for someone else in need. Someone else donated CDs. So at the time that we listened to a lot of CDs, and it just had children's songs on it. And when we left the NICU, all NICU graduates got this song. My eight-year-old still listens to that song. 
So there are, there's magic happening in the NICU. One of the things that I talked about Giggy last week on the show. So if you listened to last week, you'll know what I'm talking about. But my, my youngest uh, has a blanket called Giggy that he got in the NICU. He calls it Giggy. It's this blue cowboy blanket. And it is just it's like a normal flannel blanket. And he got it and he sleeps with it every night, eight and a half years later. And around his first birthday, I actually looked up and had a little tag on it. And I looked up the group that made him and I sent him a note and told him, thank you. And I did that at his second birthday too. Like he still has it. So I get to do that again now. (laughs) It's been eight and a half years and say it made such a difference. And when I had left the NICU to something, I left for a few minutes and came back in and this uh, blanket was draped over his I don't even know what you call it, but uh, the container that the babies are in, <laughs> you know, it's, it's got an incubator, maybe. I, I don't know the actual word. Uh, words are hard today. <laughs> uh, so it was draped over it and it was such an, it just meant so much that somebody cared enough to create something with their hands, created this incredible gift. And they so hear that and that we can have that impact, and especially in handmade things. If you have any sort of craft or talent, those can go a really long way for people that are in, in a need. When, when my mom was dying, um, when she was in the hospice house, we went in and there were, there were these cards with little hearts and somebody, they just cut the hearts out and sewed them. It probably took 10 minutes total, but it meant so much. And they gave them to all the families. And I still, I have mine on, uh, up on my nightstand. My dad has his at his house. My sisters have them. And so something that took somebody 10 minutes went a really long way for us. So think about that. The things that light you up, the spaces that you're in that you could just serve because when you're lit up, others around you will be lit up. And the people that are the most selfless in the world, those are the ones where other people look at and they say, I don't know what's going on here, but I want some of that. I don't know what's going on here, but I want some of that. And that's really what happens in influence. I don't even know exactly what you're saying, but I want to hear more of it. It makes no sense logically, but influential people have that, that appeal. I don't know what's going on here, but I want more of it. That's what, uh, what you say when you're around somebody of influence. So think about that. Who's the person that you believe if you could spend another day, you could spend that, go to lunch with anybody in the world, dead, alive, any of that, who would you go with? think about that. Who would you go with it? And that person is the person that has the most influence over your life. So let's just say you picked Oprah. Okay. Oprah. So Oprah has the most influence of your life. Most people have never actually met Oprah or you say Gandhi. Okay. Gandhi has the most influence of your life. Or you say your great grandma who you never actually got to meet. Great. That person has the most influence. So think about that. Who's that person for you? And then go deeper into why. Why does that person have influence for me? Because when you start to answer that, when you unravel that question, then you think about what's really important to you. You can reverse engineer that, which sounds really fancy, but it's basically just saying, this is what I admire in the world. How do I create that for myself? How do I create that for myself? So we're going to dig into this even more. We've got more to talk about on this subject, but we're going to go on a quick break. You are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here at Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking all about the three ways to increase your influence. So we're going to go on this quick break and I'll talk to you after that. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. 
By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and I'm so excited to be here with you to talk about the three ways to increase your influence. And we spent the last 30 minutes digging into connection. That's one of the first ways, really being connected, creating that network and going deep in conversations. Number two is really about how we serve, how we serve. And so serving because it lights our heart up, not because there's something in it for us. It's because it creates a ripple that we'll never see and it's okay, but we're serving because it's something that's exciting for us. And one of the questions that we said is if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be? Because when you, and they could be dead or alive, it doesn't matter. But when you reverse engineer that, that's the most influential person for you. So think about that. And then you figure out, well, why, why do I consider that influential? there's no right or wrong answer there. And so Jenna producer, she asked me, who would I go with? And I can tell you at at this point in my life, I totally would go with my mom because I haven't talked to her for five months. You know, I'm not even sure I really, sure. There are lots of people I'd love to talk with like Oprah or I mentioned her or, uh, or, or maybe some of the presidents because there's so much I could glean from that. But honestly, think we could really create that it would be would be a challenge for sure but if I really really wanted to have lunch with Oprah I could create it I could do that I don't know how yet but if I put it out into the world and I really went after it I could do that but I couldn't do that with my mom because she's dead uh but could I have a conversation with her absolutely we've talked about spirituality in that space and uh I still have some questions and so it's really owning to that and and accepting that that would be really impactful for me. And it may be more than one person. And that's okay too. Like we do not have to overthink this. It's really about why. Okay. So why would I pick my mom? Because she's had a totally different view of me. And I'm sure there's things that I could learn. There's blind spots uh, that I could, that she could share with me that I can't see right now, but she has a totally different look at the world. So it's really a curiosity thing for me. And it might change in a year or two years or three years, maybe somebody else. And that's okay. But the thought is that we understand how we view influence, how we view influence, because when we see how we view it, that's how we can then create it for ourselves. So we know what it means for us. There's no right or wrong. It's all based on what we believe. So the the third way, we've talked about connection and going deep in conversations. We've talked about service and finding things that light you up. But the third way to increase influence is really about how we hold people's visions. Now, I know we talk about this on 
on the show before. I know that this is important, but I'm not sure that people really understand what this means because it took me a really long time to figure out what it means, how to hold somebody else's vision. And so when I think about this in the work setting, for example, it's really important to know what the people around you really, really want. And it may have something to do with business and work, and it may not, and that's okay. So I know that I have an employee right now who has such a beautiful view on the world, and he really wants to spread his message far and wide, but he's not exactly sure on the words that fit into it. And so he's working on a book. Uh, He's been working on a book, but he's kind of stalled out. And so when he's stalled out, not fresh on that, he means he's, there's something that where he's stuck. And if you're stuck in one area of your life, you're going to be stuck in other areas of your life. And so I know that if I want him to show up the best that he possibly can, I get to dig into that area. And so understanding what's important to him and what his values are really supports me in serving him. And back to point number two, it's all about service. So when you're totally in love with the people around you, and I don't mean like romantic love, maybe, uh, you know, in the case with my husband, of course, I'm romantically in in love with him. But uh, I also want to see his vision and I want to see him create what he wants to create. My kids, I want to know what it is that they want to create. They're still developing that. My friends, people that aren't my friends, I want to hold their vision, which means I've gone deep and I've asked the questions. And this can get kind of hard. When I was in a conversation uh, last week, a lot of conversations last week, and I was talking with somebody who really just didn't want to go deep in their vision. And everywhere I went, it was like a brick wall. And I just couldn't like get in and understand what they wanted. And here's what it sounded like. It was like, hey, how are you? Uh, I say, oh, I'm great. How are you? And I say, oh, I'm well. Like, tell me, what are you, what have you been up to? What are you creating? Well, you know, like just life, like kids. I haven't really done much. And I said, oh, so what's the thing that that lights you up? Um, what do you mean by that? Well, like what, what really lights you up? What gets you up? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, my alarm clock. Well, I mean, like, really, like, what, what are you working on that just excites you? I, you know, like, like deer in headlights is where it was going. I just, everywhere I went, I couldn't get in. And, and so there was a time in my life where I'd say, okay, oh, I'm a failure. Like, this is not working. I can't get in. But the thing is, like, not everybody's ready to share their vision. Not everybody's open to it. Not everybody believes that it's safe. So they don't, some, there are lots of people out there who, if I put my vision out into the world, somebody's going to stop on it. And that's their come from. And it's not because they, they just, that's happened before for them. They've shared what they really want. And somebody just poo-pooed on it right away. And so now they're committed to keeping it tight. The challenge is if you never share your vision, if you don't, if it doesn't come out of your mouth, nobody can step around you to support you to create that, to have it happen. So you're all on your own. And we know that you can go far or you can go as a team and you can go further. And so it's your choice how you want to play. And so we could do a whole show on playing team, but that's the pieces that we get to share our vision out in the world. So just know that some people are not at a point yet and use that word yet, but they really want to share their vision and that's okay. We, we get to love them anyway, but there's a lot of people that are. And they'll want to share their vision. And so go deep and being willing, be willing to run up against that person that's not willing to share their vision. It's just not ready yet. But now they know that when they are ready, you are there for them. So keep asking. 
keep asking. Don't, don't let them off it. Cause they really don't want to be left off. They just, they want to know that it's going to be safe when it does come out of their mouth. They want to know that. The other thing that, that I hear that's kind of a trick when you're talking about holding people's vision, there's a lot of people that they don't necessarily believe in their vision. This me for a long time. I, and I, I couldn't put it into words, but I didn't believe that it was really possible for me to create what I wanted to create in the world. So I didn't voice it. Well, if I don't voice it, then I can't get there. If I don't voice it, then I can't get there. And so the challenge with that is that if I don't believe it, then I'm not going to share it out in the world because well, if I don't believe it, how could anybody else believe it? And so I tend to keep my, my vision to myself. So if you run into somebody like that, like that, then again, being patient and just having that conversation, even opening up and being vulnerable and sharing what your vision is, because when you're vulnerable, then it creates a space where somebody else can be vulnerable. And I'll tell you what, one of the things that we started off this show and we said, in uh, creating influence is about way, it's a result of your ways of being. It is not a doing. Creating influence is a result of your ways of being. So when you are vulnerable, when you are intimate into me, you see, okay, intimacy into me, you see. So when you let people in, when you let them see the equivalent to your dirty laundry, streaks and all, <laughs> when you go there, then somebody knows that it's okay for them to go there. Okay, so as a leader, as someone who wants and desires to create influence, you get to be vulnerable and you get to be intimate, which will feel like for a lot of you listening, who, uh, if, if you're like me at all, you know, I'm one that's like loud and proud, and I don't want to look like I'm weak. And a lot of times I, in the past, I linked weak with vulnerability. So when I'm vulnerable, I'm weak, I'm exposed. But that's simply not the case. It feels that way for sure. But that's not really the case. When I'm vulnerable, I'm actually powerful. So when I share what's really going on on my inside, what my thoughts really are, when I put them out in the world, I get to trust that other people will hold me high and not stomp on it. Other people will hold me high. And so that's why a lot of people pull back and they don't actually share what their vision is, or they've told themselves they're not even going to dream about it. Okay. That's an even scarier thing that I'm not even going to dream about it because what happens if I dream about it and then I can't get it. So just know that when you're talking about holding someone else's vision, there is a lot underneath this as to why it's not just going to come flowing out. Unless somebody's done a lot of work, their vision really isn't flowing out. So you, as somebody who wants to gain influence and talk about vision, you get to be the one that is gently pulling it out of them by providing a, an area or a, a way that they, they perceive support and love and generosity and compassion and grace. And when you are those things, when you are those things, then you create an opportunity where those around you want to talk about what's going on. And they say, I don't know what's going on in your world, but I want some of it. I don't know what's going on in your world, but I want some of it. And when we are that for other people, then they want to spread our message with us. Then they want to be a part of whatever game we're playing. And then guess what happens? You create influence. You create influence. So that is why it's so important to hold other people's visions, hold them high and not let them off it. It's one of the things I say when people say, what can I count on you for? That's not the language they use, but uh, <laughs> they'll say, what do you do? 
And I'll say, my job is to hold people high and not let them off it. Like, understand what it is that they really want and not let them off it, which could sound a lot like I'm an accountability partner. No, I'm just, you say you where you want to go and I'm going to hold you there. Because in our lives, especially as powerful people, there are very few people that can truly stand as an interruption to our nerds. I had somebody say to me the other day, I told him what I wanted, like what I wanted to create. And he says, it sounds like what you really require in this moment is a swift kick in the butt, a swift kick in the butt. And I paused for a second. I got like five minutes, actually. It was not a second. And I, 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 we wrapped up the conversation and I sent him a note and I said, thank you. Do you know how many people would not have interrupted me and said that? It's like a lot. They wouldn't have interrupted me and said that, but he did. And I acknowledge him for that because that is a role that I value in my life. So you want to be an influencer, be willing to interrupt people in a healthy way, just whatever's standing in their way, be willing to interrupt it because that is what's supportive. All right, guys, we have just a little bit more left of the show, but we're going to go on a quick break. You are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. And we've been talking all about three ways to increase your influence. And when we get back from this quick break, we are going to wrap this up and figure out how, what's the very next thing you can do to increase your influence. Enjoy this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson here on Inspired Choices Network. So for the last 45 minutes, we've been talking about three ways to increase your influence your influence. And influence is really defined as the ripple that you're creating. And the ripple is defined as when you stand and words come out of your mouth, how far do those words go? If they go beyond your arm's length, it's beyond your you. There's no doing that creates influence. It's about your ways of being. So vulnerability, intimacy, surrender, grace, these are all really important. And I want to dig into one of those words right now. And it is surrender. It's something that Oh, I, it was my word of the year last year. It, it'll be my word of the year forever. I've also added abundance in every way, abundance in time, abundance of love, of generosity, of everything in my life this year. But surrender will eternally be my word because surrender, if you think about surrender, it's truly deep breath in and out. And it's that space where you're saying, 
this is beyond me. And I trust. So on the other side of surrender is trust. I trust that this will be exactly as it's supposed to be. I watched the movie Greater. I don't know if you've seen the movie Greater. Watch it. It's an incredible movie. It was on Netflix or Disney Plus. I can't remember. It was on one of those. I watched it with my kids last week. And the movie, it's a, it's a phenomenal movie about a, a kid who's the perpetual underdog, yet he continues to perform. He started out in this overweight kid in middle school, wants to go play football. Nobody believes in him. The coach yells at him. The high school coach says, come play. This is what you'd have to do to be on the team. He does it. And then he ends up being this star player, but really it was more about how he inspired the team. Then he goes on to play college ball, which was just unheard of. And then uh, I'm not going to ruin the movie for you. Uh, but there was a moment in this movie where uh, the, the, this guy, the lead star, his brother, he's watching these flowers be outlined on a field. And he's sitting at eye level with the flowers and he sees these flowers and they're just putting flowers all over the field. And he didn't get it. Uh, he, he thought it looked like a mess. And then his mom came to talk to him and his mom was at a higher level in this, in the, they were in the stadium. And, and so he went to walk up to his mom and he wasn't even looking at the flowers and his mom goes, Oh, look what they did. That's beautiful. And he wouldn't turn around. And she's talking about how great these flowers look. And all he can remember is these flowers scattered about everywhere around the field. And he doesn't see it until right before he turns around to leave. She says, just take a look. And he turns around and in these flowers, the way they were designed, they spell, we trust, we trust beautiful. It's like, this is one of my favorite moments in that movie. And it really exemplified to me what it means to surrender, because at times we can only see a really small piece of the puzzle. And we think that that's the end game, but it's not. There's so many things going on that we can't see. That's really, when you think about influence, it's knowing that even though you're seeing it in one way, there's a really, there's a lot bigger space out there. And so for you to, to, to trust that it's there and for you just to voice your opinion, it's like, I'm standing in front of this microphone, speaking out into the world. I have no idea if even one person will ever hear the show. I don't know if a hundred people will hear the show or a thousand or a million. I have, I have no idea if once it goes out into the world beyond this, if anyone else will ever hear it. And yet I know that if I poured my heart and my soul into this episode, that it's going to be exactly as it's supposed to be. If one other person, besides my producer, thanks for being here, Jen. If one other person ever heard this show, would it be worth it? Is it, is it worth it? And I know I've shared this, this uh, advice that I received many years ago. Uh, I, I've shared it with you here on the show before, and I'm going to share it again. When I was working on my book, it's called Joy in Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life. When I was working on that, uh, I, I really questioned it a, quite a few times. And one of my friends said to me, there is someone that is praying to hear the words that you are writing, to read the words. And so if that one person only ever reads the book, is it worth it to you? And I said, yes, absolutely. And I kept that in my mind. And it's really easy to say that, but to actually like be in the motion of creating and putting all this time thinking, well, what if only one, ever per one other person ever read it? Is it worth it? Yes, yes. And so that's the attitude that I go into with this show. If only one other person listened to it or watched it, is it worth it? Yes. Yes. And so we put our words out into the world and we don't know what the ripple is going to be, but we trust, we trust 
like those flowers, we trust that it's going to have a giant ripple. And so people that are really influential, that is how they live their life. I'm really just speaking to one person. And if one person only ever hears whatever I have to say, is it okay? Am I going to be passionate and pour everything into that one person? Absolutely. And so when you come from that space of I'm going to pour everything into this person, it is magical because guess what happens? Guess what happens? Then the people, there's, I mean, there's always more than one. There's always like a party on the other side and then they get to hear it. And all of a sudden now you've got this giant uh, crowd of people waiting to hear your words. And sometimes we don't ever even see those people. They might be behind us. They might be beside us. They're not always in front or our peripheral where we can see it, but we get to trust that they're there. We get to trust that they're there. And sometimes we'll get little glimpses of it. We might get a note from someone that saw it. We might get a review. We might get all like these, these little signs that the ripple exists but we may not ever see it. And so somebody that's influential, you don't hear them saying, I'm an influential person. I'm an influencer. Now, social media influencers, <laughs> I have heard them sometimes talk about that. Uh, but really, when you think about true influencers, they don't go around saying, I'm an influencer because they still question when the words come out of their mouth, am I going to really impact that one person? They're thinking about that one person. Sometimes they even name that person and they know exactly who that person is. They said, I'm speaking to this person. And if anybody else can ever hear it, that's awesome. But if this person hears it, so think about that for you. Who is that person? Who is that person that you want to influence more than anyone else? If there was one person that you could talk to, one person that because you stood for them, because you stood in this world, because you used your voice, because you used your time and your resources the way that you did, that person shifted their business, their life, their work, whatever it is, because you stood, that happened. Maybe it's a baby, maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a, a consultant, maybe it's a specific business. It doesn't matter. Who is that person that you're standing for? Who's that person that's in front of you that when you open your mouth and the words come out, you're pr- like they are the ones that get to hear it because that person represents a ton of other people. And so that's who we get to figure out. And so I'll tell you when you identify who that person is and when you speak to that person and when everyone you encounter knows that that's the person you're talking to, those people will show up and that's the influence you've been craving right there. So think about who your one person is, describe it in exact detail and shout it from the rooftops. This is the person I get to serve. This is my stand in the world. When you know that, you will have influence. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kathleen Reeson. I show up here every Monday with some kind of words to influence or impact in some way. And I really appreciate you listening. I will see you next Monday. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReason.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.